Well, Total Wolf did say Mercedes was one Red Bull DNF away from getting right back in the championship. I didn't know he was so prophetic. It's the Overtake F1 podcast who will review the exciting, controversial, emotional, controversial, important, controversial, and oh, what could have been British Grand Prix. First, subscribe to the podcast. We would love for you to be a part of our audience. Again, it helps us if you leave a five-star review. Also, if you are and have been listening to this podcast, we have a Facebook page where you can get into the discussion. You can find us at the Overtake F1 podcast on Facebook. We post a lot of the news. We post a lot of the episodes, and you certainly can add your two cents in, especially after a race like this. So please look for that. This race has the potential to be the defining moment of the season. With Lewis Hamilton winning, Max Verstappen crashing on lap one, the Drivers' Championship is now down to eight points. And if Hamilton does go on to win the championship... This may be where we look back in December when we're reviewing the entire season. What occurred on lap one was coming at some point. We all knew it. These two drivers have gone back and forth all season. Many figured a crash was inevitable. I mean, we saw it in round two at Imola when Verstappen from the P3 position made a charge to the front. You knew eventually when these guys were tangling for position that something like this was just simply inevitable. Both are running together from the start of the race with Verstappen on pole. They came close at Brooklyn's. I, th I thought they even touched. And then they, as they were heading towards cops, you just felt like something again was going to happen, and it did. Hamilton made a move to the inside on one of the fastest corners in all of Formula One. And Max moved over on the racing line. They touched. Max spun, was done for the day. The race was then red flagged, and then all the fun, interesting conversation began. Christian Horner, furious. Toto Wolf defending his man with an email to Michael Massey, who, by the way, doesn't check emails during the race because he needs to concentrate on the race. He had to, by the way, Massey had to take the brunt of those calls from all of the guys on the teams. So the stewards eventually give Hamilton a 10-second penalty, which he served. And then he went out to pass Charles Leclerc, who led every lap until he was passed with two to go, picking up his eighth British Grand Prix. It was in front of a packed house. It snaps a five-game winless drought and now really tightens up this championship. All right, so the big question coming out of the Grand Prix was, who's at fault? And here's the problem with that question. The real issue is the penalty because the stewards made the decision on that. They said Hamilton was at fault. It's the penalty that's the controversy. And I know that doesn't really fly on social media because we want to assess blame at for the incident. But in reality, listen here, look at this. If you think Hamilton is blameless in all of this, and this was a racing incident, then no harm is done. He served his penalty. He was able to win the race. Oh, sure, there are penalty points, and you know what if he had lost? But he didn't. He got the best result of the day. He got a P1. Now, if you think Hamilton was at fault, if you thought it was reckless, if you thought it was unnecessary, the stewards agree with you. They gave him a penalty for that. The question is, was it enough? 10 seconds added to your pit stop is something Mercedes, especially at that track, can overcome. And they did, especially when one of the guys ahead of you after you serve that penalty is your teammate who is giving orders to move over. Plus, he's no longer chasing down a Verstappen. He's no longer chasing down a Red Bull. He's chasing a Ferrari that looked great, but it's not a Mercedes. Because the other Red Bull, Sergio Perez, was on the back end of the field. 
a 10-second stop-and-go penalty would have really hurt his chances to win the race. Now, the second question is, does the magnitude of the crash, both in appearance and the championship consequences, warrant a larger penalty? Now, we have this debate in sports all the time. So in the NFL, for example, roughing the quarterback, it should be the same in week six against two teams with losing records as it is in the Super Bowl. You can make the same argument about fouls in the NBA. If you're going to call it on a Wednesday night in January in Cleveland, you need to call it in game three of the NBA Finals. Here in this situation, you have both. You have Verstappen taking a huge spin. He's crashing into the wall at 51 G's. He's taken to the hospital. The race is red flagged. The damage to the car was incredible and costly. And it also means it's a huge blow to the championship lead. However, if that exact incident had happened further back on the grid with two teams in the midfield, would fans on Twitter and social media be screaming for race suspensions, disqualifications, and all of the things that people were screaming about going after Lewis Hamilton for this incident? I don't think so. I do think the magnitude of the moment, who these drivers are, what they were doing at the time, racing for the lead, and where they were in the championship, elevates the debate and elevates the conversation and more importantly, elevates the emotion. I do think Hamilton was at fault for this, but narrowly. Verstappen saw him, how you know, and he stayed committed to his racing line. Neither guy was giving an inch and for a very, very good reason. Verstappen showed during the sprint race on Saturday that if he can get through Cop's corner, he had a good chance of pulling away. And Hamilton needed that opportunity to pass him on the first lap, right? It's been a frustrating last few races for Hamilton, last five to be exact. He's been winless. Since coming out of Barcelona, it's been a rough season. He's watching Red Bull pull away. He's watching Verstappen win races with a dominant car. So he knows, just like he saw on Saturday, that if Max gets out of that corner with the lead and he goes into Maggots and then Beckett's Chapel hanger straight, he's going to win the race. Maybe there's an undercut opportunity, but Max showed again in the 17-lap sprint race that he could win the race getting the lead and getting some clean air. I agree with Christian Horner. Cops is too fast of a corner to pull a move like Hamilton did. However, this was pretty close to a racing incident. Now, here's the quote from the FIA. This was their ruling. The stewards reviewed video and telemetry evidence. Cars 33 and 44 entered turn nine with car 33 in the lead and car 44 slightly behind and on the inside. Car 44 was on a line that did not reach the apex of the corner with room available to the inside. When car 33 turned into the corner, car 44 did not avoid contact and the left front of car 44 contacted the right rear of car 33. Car 44 is judged predominantly at fault. So the FIA found Hamilton at fault. Overall, though, I think that this was just an unfortunate incident for the Grand Prix. I'm really glad Max Verstappen is okay. I'm really glad about that. I mean, I think most people are really glad about that. But I don't think Hamilton was being deliberate here in taking out his competition. Was he desperate? Yeah, he needed to get the lead of the race, as I said before. He's been behind Red Bull since Monaco. You could feel the championship slip away. And I'm sure Saturday night after the sprint race, he knew that Max once again had a strong car.
But I think this debate, I think this incident is not going to leave us. I don't think we're going to move on past it, especially as the championship tightens up. This is going to be an incident that gets revisited a couple of times this season, especially if it happens again. If it happens one more time and like Max is at fault or people feel like Max is at fault, we'll, we'll be remembering this. And, and I said, at the, I think at the end of the season, this is part of the review of the 2021 season. and I think it will be right up there. Uh, As for the race itself, the real excitement for me was seeing Ferrari out in front. Charles Leclerc starting P1 on the restart after the red flag. And to my surprise, he held the lead for nearly the entire race. Now, there was one moment he was having some power issues, but he was able to fix it. And he kept himself out in front. But I have to tell you, in our preview podcast, I asked the question in the five things to look for. Can Lando Norris win this race? And actually, I was thinking he could. He was running third with a Ferrari in front of him that was having some engine troubles and Hamilton who needed to stop later and serve a 10 second penalty. So I thought maybe just maybe this could be the day for Norris, Uh, but it wasn't to be He had a six second pit stop that cost him a chance to keep his lead over Valtteri Bottas, who had an excellent pit stop. Hamilton, he comes in on lap 28 to serve his time. It's a total of 14.2 seconds in that pit stall and he comes out fifth. Leclerc, Botas, Norris, and Carlos Sainz, uh, who would pit one lap later, were ahead of him. Now, Sainz had problems with his pit stop. We'll get to that later. So after Hamilton serves his penalty, Leclerc then pits. He comes out first. He's got clear track ahead. Hamilton, at that time, is running fourth. He passes Lando Norris right at Cop's Corner. Botas then gets team orders to switch places on lap 40. Now, Botas was, was having some tire issues. So, and of course, Hamilton's got the faster car and they want him to win the race. So they put out the team orders. They swap places on lap 40. And then it's game on for Hamilton to try to catch Charles Leclerc. Now, Hamilton really knocked off a lot of time on Leclerc's lead. When he took over second, he was over eight seconds behind the Ferrari. But he knocked that down pretty quickly. He ended up passing Leclerc at Cops with two laps remaining. Leclerc went very wide into that corner. Now, Sergio Perez, who was running behind because he spun out during the sprint race, he got the fastest lap of the race. He pitted, got some softs, got that fastest lap. Now, he can't get the point because he didn't finish in the top 10. But it did mean that Hamilton could not get the point. Valtteri Bottas finishes third. He gets on the podium. It's a great day for Mercedes. It is an awful one for Red Bull. All right, time for team roundup from the British Grand Prix. And we're going to start with Ferrari because what can you say about Charles Leclerc? He's driver of the day. He almost had this one. Carlos Sainz had a bad pit stop. He finished sixth. And he didn't like that outcome because he said the car was really strong. He was passed by Daniel Ricciardo, and that kept him from finishing in the top five. Leclerc, though, was really good on the medium tires. The team, it was, it's been interesting because Mattia Bonanno and the team really downplayed Silverstone, right? They had two good runs at Austria, but they really downplayed this Grand Prix. But now they've got three races in a row where they've really showed something since that disaster in France. McLaren, Lando with another top five finish and another race with points. Uh, but all the focus should really be on Daniel Ricciardo. He had a fifth place finish. Norris, though, he should be disappointed. That was a bad pit stop. Costly Lugnut cost him a chance at the podium. Maybe Botas catches him if he comes out ahead, you know, with a successful pit stop. Well, we, we didn't get a chance to see it. He does leave Silverstone third, though, in the driver's championship, now ahead of Sergio Perez. But as for Ricardo, he held off a quicker Carlos Sainz 
and had a really good result. Let's see if he can continue this. There's always this feeling so far after 10 races that Ricardo gets it and then he drops back and he has a good showing and then he drops back and let's see where this ends up. Cause it was a, it was a good run for him. Um, Alpine, you got points for both Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon. First time since Portimao that both drivers finished in the points. Ocon runs ninth after two DNFs and two P14s. It's good. That's good for him. I mean, it's a good bounce back. Alonso finished seventh. He had a really good sprint race. He made up for some spots on the grid, and he's been really consistent for the team over the past few races. That's been important because Ocon, as I mentioned earlier, has really struggled in the last four. Aston Martin, Sebastian Vettel spun on the restart. He later retired the car due to cooling issues. That's a DNF for him. However, he did something really cool at the end of the race. He stuck around, and with the grandstand crew, he picked up trash. I thought that was really awesome. Lance Stroll, he had a quiet race, but he did finish eighth after starting 14th. He didn't get into any trouble, had two really good starts uh, to pick up some ground, so a good run for him. AlphaTauri, disappointing for Pierre Gasly, limped home in 11th. He suffered a puncture. He had to pit late. Yuki Tsunoda did get a point, though, finishing 10th, a lot of it because of Gasly pitting, uh, though it was a really tough race for Gasly. He said that he felt like the car was strong enough to get points, just didn't get points, so a disappointing run for AlphaTauri. Williams, what, well, what can we say about George Russell? He took a three-grid penalty for the race due to a sprint race incident with Carlos Sainz. He finished where he started, P12. He had to recover just to do that. He said this was the best the team was going to do. Every week with George Russell, this is the thing. He says, well, the team's making progress. The team's making progress. The team's making progress. You know what will be progress when they finally score a point? That will be progress. Finishing 12, doesn't that feel like George Russell? That's about where he would be without any progress? Because that's the way it feels. I felt bad for him on Saturday. The guy just he just can't catch a break. I don't mean to laugh, but I feel bad for him. I want Russell to get a point so badly. And after the sprint race, I was excited he was going to be in the top 10 again. And then the penalty came down, and I'm like, eh, that's going to be about it. As for Haas and Alfa Romeo, nothing really to write home about. Red Bull, I'm saying big for last. The Verstappen accident was a huge blow to the championship. There was a 33-point lead after he had picked up a point for winning the sprint race on Saturday. The team was really looking strong. Everything was going their way. In that sprint race, Sergio Perez spun, had to start at the back of the field, couldn't really get through, would make a run, drop back off. It was a struggle for him all day. This was a disastrous weekend, a costly weekend. I really understand the frustrations of Christian Horner. I really do. I I get it. It's now game on for the championship. And Toto Wolf was right, as I said at the top of this podcast, You know, I've been critical of Mercedes for their woe is us. We're not as good. We don't have the pace. I just felt a little defeatism on that team. And yet here we are. And they're eight points back in the driver's championship. And the constructor's championship is now tightened up as well. There's a lot of animosity now between these two teams. A lot of it was gamesmanship, but now there's some real anger going. Look at Max Verstappen's Instagram post. Thought Lewis Hamilton's celebration was very disrespectful while he was in the hospital. There's a lot of bad blood going between these two teams right now. We'll see what it does when we get to Hungary. As for the sprint race on Saturday, uh, here's what I thought. I said in the preview podcast I was very skeptical, but I would go into the sprint race with an open mind. There were things I liked, and there was stuff I didn't like. First of all, the wreath that they gave Max Verstappen, that's a little weird. I I didn't quite like that, but whatever. Never mind. 
I applaud Formula One for doing something different. It was a pretty exciting beginning of that sprint race. Hamilton and Verstappen, they were going at it. You saw Fernando Alonso weaving his way to get some positioning. There was a lot of racing going on. It was a little bit more racing than I thought. But once it settled down, you saw drivers kind of go, okay, I'm good. And that's what I was worried about. You didn't see racing for the full 17 laps. There was a clear difference between what was going on at the beginning of the race and then what teams realized that the racetrack and their car was giving them. If you were riding seventh, no need to go for six. If you could, it was, I mean, drivers were spaced out, so it really wasn't a lot of opportunities late in the race anyway. But nevertheless, that's what my worry is, is that why would you risk it? And after what happened to Sergio Perez, right? He spins out and he's got to be at the back of the grid. Would you want that if you were a team fighting for points over a sprint race? Would you take a gamble like that to put your car in? He almost ran into the wall, which would have been extremely costly for Red Bull. Would you do it for a sprint race? Now, you got Perez spinning out. You've got George Russell with a three-place grid penalty at an incident with Carlos Sainz. That took him out of the top 10. Again, Alonzo sort of weaving action at the beginning. Overall, look, there was a lot to say, okay, this is a different way of doing qualifying. But if you watched qualifying on Friday, that was really exciting. And the crowd, when Lewis Hamilton got P1, it was really thrilling. I mean, that crowd erupted. That was exciting. I always like qualifying. This, okay. But towards the end, I was like, all right, we're just riding around a little bit here. So I don't mind this. We'll see at Monza how it goes for the second version of this thing. But I will implore Formula One. There is zero reasons to attach championship points to this. Zero. Stop it. I hated it. That's the one thing I will stand on the soapbox and scream about. No points should be awarded to this. This battle between Verstappen and Hamilton right now is tight. It's eight points. We're going to go back and look at the British Grand Prix and go, yeah, there was a point here and, and the crash. I don't want to talk about a sprint race in the conversation about championship points. If it comes down to just a handful that determines the championship at Abu Dhabi, I do not want to do that. I don't want to go back and look at three sprint races, determine what could have happened if you fall two points short of the championship. All right. One other note about the British Grand Prix, man, I tell you what, I love the crowd. It was so great to see packed grandstands and hear the noise. I know we had it in Austria with the Dutch fans were extremely loud and supportive of Max Verstappen, but Silverstone all around that racetrack, you could hear it, whether you're a Lewis Hamilton fan or not. And I get it. I know the social media was ripping him to pieces. I get it. But COVID was really, has really affected sports in so many different ways. And Formula One, with its global reach, with its global travels, every race is going to be different. There's going to be some races, nobody's going to be there. There's going to be some races, packed house. It was great to finally see a packed house. It was great to finally see that noise that was coming from those grandstands. Overall, this is a difficult race for Red Bull, of course. We're all glad Max Verstappen is okay. Lewis Hamilton is now eight points behind, and we got game on going into Hungary. Coming up later on this week, we've got a fast lap news and notes. We'll dissect a little more into this crash. We'll also pick up some news that is going on in Formula One as we're getting closer to the summer break. It's going to happen after Hungary, so we'll have a long, you know, good three, four-week span before we go racing again. So keep an eye out for that. 
And, of course, next week we'll have our preview of the Hungarian Grand Prix. All right, again, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review if you like what we do. It really helps us out. And don't forget our Facebook page because we'd love to hear the conversation, especially after that incident between Verstappen and Hamilton. Your thoughts on that? Who was at fault? What did you see? And also your thoughts on the season so far. So look for that. Give us a good like there and be part of the community. All right, I'm Tony Desiri. This is the F1 Overtake Podcast. And, again, we'll see you later on this week for our Fast Lap News and Notes segment.